You're listening to the Knowing Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Well, this is kind of a treat to be back again with you so soon after our last episode. You're listening to episode 20, and um, this is kind of a bonus episode this week. I think the bonus episodes generally are a lot shorter. This is a full-length episode, and I'm so excited to introduce you uh, to today's guest. Um, We just really felt that this was an important message, an important topic to bring to you, so that's why you're getting uh, two episodes this week. Uh, Wendy Speak is my guest, and um, she is a wife and a boy mom. She's got three boys. She is the co-author of several parenting books, including Triggers, Parenting Scripts, and The 40-Day Sugar Fast. She is also a speaker and a podcast host. I really love Wendy's desire to point women to the gospel. She really gives a great call to action in this episode as we discuss um, dealing with anger and motherhood um, and the things that trigger that anger. So make sure to get ready to write down a few things if you can. If you're driving, don't worry. All of the show notes will be uh, noted for you. Uh, and so you can definitely check them out later on. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a really great conversation. I really enjoyed it and I can't wait to share it with you. So let's just dive into my conversation with Wendy Speak. Hi, Wendy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Linnell. I'm excited to know you and um, share with your listeners. So this is going to be a great time. It is. We're talking about a pretty tough subject. We're talking about anger today. And I think that this is a sensitive thing for a lot of women, but it's also super important for us to address, especially right now at this crazy time in our culture where we're isolated and we're cooped up and we're facing so many of us um, homeschooling and being with our kids constantly. Um, How are you feeling about it all right now? Yeah, well, since I do already homeschool my children, oh my goodness, speaking of a trigger, you're never going to believe what happened just now. I'm sitting in the guest room because everybody's home, right? So I need a quiet room in the house. And I'm sitting at a little antique table. Oh my word, I cannot believe this right now. (laughs) This is where I put my child the other day to do some work so that he could be focused and not around his brothers. And somebody, since I've last been in here, took, I don't know if it was a knife or a, I don't know, they took something sharp and they gnawed away, they they cut away at my antique table. What in the world? And I don't have toddlers. What in the (gasps) world? (gasps) Oh, this conversation is going to be, I just noticed it. Speaking of triggers, we're going to be talking about the things that can make you absolutely lose your crud all over (laughs) your kids. And some of them, you know, are going to be about us, right? We're sleep deprived. We're, we're, our our husband's traveling for business or, you know, we're all cooped up in the house or they're, 
you know, (laughs) destroying property. Um, And then some of them, I mean, those are things about them. And then some things are about us, like being sleep deprived. But I'm just shocked right now. Okay, you've got my full attention, but I'm ready to talk about triggers, apparently. Hey, this is as real as it gets right now. (laughs) Oh, my word. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, you know, I know you're going to be tempted to kind of think about who did this and how you're going to deal about it. I just know. I just know that we're all going through various things and they're growing up. And one of the things that I say all the time to like moms of two-year-olds, let's say, is you know how they're saying no and they're running away and, you know, throwing a fit over a potty training. They're Mm -hmm. actually doing their job. Mm. and it's our job to parent them. So Mm -hmm. often we take it personally as though they are doing something to us. We are the victims, and they have done something awful to us, and we respond in anger as though someone's done something to us. And um, even as they get older and teens have sassy attitudes, you know, and they want to push back, and they're not doing it to us. They're doing their job at 16, pushing Mm -hmm. on boundaries and it's our job Mm -hmm. to stay firm and stay kind and so I can look at this and obviously there's some parenting that I need to do um, and it's a real shame but um, I don't want to break break a boy down because he broke my desk so I want to be really thoughtful about how I'm going to respond and um, and you know that after this after I encourage you to do good parenting I'm going to have to go do some myself so the timing is perfect (laughs) Yeah, you'll have some time for sure to calm down a little bit. Okay, and that's probably a big thing that we're going to be talking about too is is managing when and how you respond. So, Absolutely. But before we get into our main discussion um, about anger and triggers, do you want to just share a little bit more about yourself and a little bit about your background and what your current passions are um, and what your mission uh, that you feel called to is in this current season? Oh, sure. That's a fun question. Um, Well, my name is Wendy Speak, and I live in Southern California with my husband, Matt, and we have three sons. Asher is 12, and um, I'm thinking this desk debacle may be Asher's hands. Um, (laughs) Brody is 14, and Caleb is 16. And um, we homeschool part-time through a a classical um, charter school program. So we're home a lot, and this transition into home home online learning during this pandemic has not been too stressful because we're used to doing school right. at home. Right. Um, so about four or five years ago, I started writing on a blog, and because I have sons, I was asked to write for a website that uh, specifically ministered to moms of boys. And um, as I was writing blog posts for them, they said that they got so much feedback from people that they were struggling with anger. Would anyone be available to uh, host, uh, oversee a Facebook group for moms struggling with anger? And Amber Leah was the first one to say, yes, I'll do that. And it was so overwhelming because thousands of people were flooding into that group, really high need, lots of emotion, uh, just desperate for for biblical help and so amber asked if i would join her and i said yes and so that's what where this whole message started and it was in there that one day i said okay so what are your triggers and there was no explanation of what a trigger was it's just hundreds and eventually thousands of people responded in that group 
why can't they get their shoes on and get in the car? Why is there all the whining and complaining? The uppies mommy and the melting down and sibling rivalry and, 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 and. So the very next day, Amber said, okay, we are not going to address these triggers so that you learn how to teach them to stop doing whatever it is that's making you upset. We're not going to do a parenting series to get them to get their shoes on and get in the car so you don't have to be angry. Instead, let's take a look at what's going on in those circumstances and why we're responding as we are because our triggers are going to change. The point Mm -hmm. isn't to get your kids so they get their shoes on and get in the car, though it feels like that would help a lot. The point in this conversation is how can we pinpoint why we're reacting as we are and stop it with the help of scripture, with the help of the Holy Spirit, so that we can do our jobs, parenting, when they do their jobs. Even when they do wrong, we can still do right. And so that's how yes. that all started. But you asked me, what are my current passions? So we launched this book, Triggers, four years ago. And um, and so many MOPS groups and groups of mom friends have done it. There's even a, a study guide that you can grab on Amazon. Um, but around the same time, another time in that group, I, I had said, what would happen if we said no to sugar? If we did a fast, so it would be a physical detox, but it would also be a, um, a spiritual fast because we see what sugar does to our kids, how it hypes them up and they melt down, they get angry, they get emotional, they get explosive. Is it possible that when we finally get them down for naps each day and we run to the pantry to get a handful of chocolate chips or a leftover brownie or run through um, Starbucks for a highly sugared latte to you know get us through the hump of the afternoon? Is it possible we're doing that same emotional roller coaster? So those are basically the two main conversations that I've been having for the last few years with moms who are struggling. Um, How do we fast and pray and see the Lord do a work not only in us physiologically as we, you know, rid our body of Mm -hmm. what might be jacking us up, but also if we stop running from sugar high to sugar high, will we start running to the most high? Can we do a true fast where we turn to the Lord? He said, come to me when you're, he- when you're weary, when you're heavy laden. And moms are weary and moms are heavy laden. But so often we run to our phones. We run to sugar. We run to more coffee. We run to anger. We run to, you know, complaining to our, our friends or even diving into a podcast. And we don't run to the one who said, come to me. Right. So, yeah. but they've all been, all these conversations have been for the benefit of moms who are struggling. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love all of that. You just make me think of all kinds of questions to ask, but then we'll detour and get off onto another subject. But I just think that's so amazing. And I, I really believe in the power of fasting as well. I just, um, so I'm really excited. You've got a new book coming out. I was going to bring this up at the end of our conversation, but you might as well chat about that too for a minute. Um, I love that you're doing this on social media fasting. Yes. So I'm actually in the middle of, well, I think today's day 30 of a 40 day social media fast. And before we hit record on this podcast, Linnell, you asked me, how are you doing being offline in the midst of everything going on with this pandemic? And I said, gosh, I feel, I feel so, um, calm. Um, I'm not, I'm not swept up into the, anxiety. I'm, I'm reading through some 
news articles each night, but even that I've put a, put a boundary around it and said, okay, at night, once the kids are down, my husband and I'll talk about what's going on, um, from our news sources, but even during being off of social media, and it's more than social media, it's shopping online, it's doing all the things that we do, it's binge listening to podcasts and binge watching Amazon. I'm trying to just limit what's being, you know, poured into me. So before I even ch- check out the nightly news, I want to spend time in the good news, and yes, that's spending yes. time with the Lord in His Word, uh, in prayer. And that's what fasting is. It's giving up something temporary and not satisfying. Really, sometimes when I run to the wrong things, I find myself more hungry, whether it's food, you know, how you can, okay, a, a, a brownie satisfied me this time. This time I need two, and then I need three, and then I go sneak on when nobody's watching, right? So when you satisfy yourself with those things that weren't intended to satisfy you, you actually yeah. increase your hunger. And the same is true for turning to social media when I'm overwhelmed by my kids and I go to the bathroom with my phone and just disappear for 15 minutes. Yeah. I don't actually come out refreshed. But when no. I when I go to my room and I sit with the Lord and I and I let the kids know, "Hey, I need some time with the Lord because I'm really I don't know if you've noticed, you probably have. I've been really short-tempered this morning." Mm-hmm. And while there might be things we need to work on as a family, Nobody should talk to you the way that I've been talking to you this morning. So I'm going to go talk with the Lord because I want to sound more like him when I talk to you guys, when I come back out. But if I go to the world, if I go to the social media, go to social media, which I think of as just a portal into the world, then I'm going to come back to my kids sounding more like the world. But if I go to the word, then I'm going to, I'm going to sound more like the word, the one who made mm-hmm, the world. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's fasting from sugar so that you feast on the sweetness of God or fasting from social media so that you can get social with the Lord. Um, I just think those are wonderful, wonderful spiritual disciplines for us to really do what the Lord told us to do, which is come to me, right? Follow me. Don't follow everybody else. So I think all of these things have helped me to stay calm and kind with my kids. I think that's so great, and I think that's such a good testimony of of how important fasting in general just really is for our spirits. Um, I love that so much. I think that um, the di- there's a huge difference between coping and thriving in the middle yeah. of any any trial, and um, it is a choice that we make. And you're right; we often run to the easiest thing to make us to provide some kind of therapy for us right absolutely i love that you even use that word therapy i mean think about um what's the term we use retail therapy Mm -hmm. it's just another form of consumerism which whether we're consuming food or we're consuming social media or we're just consuming at the stores even online right now when we can't be at the stores yeah just trying to fill that need that the lord really purposed for us to recognize our hunger and to come to him, hunger for mm-hmm. me, thirst for me. Mm-hmm. I'm the only mm-hmm. thing that's going to satisfy you. And not only satisfy you, Linnell, but transform you. Yes. Yes. So, so you we're... asked me about that new book coming out. It's called The 40-Day Social Media yes, Fast. Yes. It doesn't come out until December, but it just was released on Amazon for pre-order. And the book that was released before it was The 40-Day Sugar Fast. And I host that online fast every January. So um, you can find both those books. But I know we're here to talk about triggers. So thanks for asking me about those others because they yeah. do all kind of tie together. 
Well, I think it's nice for our listeners to kind of have a, a bigger understanding of what you're really passionate about and what you, mm. um, you know, are speaking with women about, what you are ministering to them um, about. And so, but yes, you are right. We are talking about anger today. This is a big one. And I don't think we're going to be able to even, uh, you know, cover, you know, the tip of the iceberg with this topic. But right. we're going to try to kind of get into some of the parts of this issue that really pertain um, to being at home um, full-time right now with children as many moms are facing um, as we kind of cope or we kind of deal with the realities of the isolation we're, we're not being given an option to exist in. So... Would you mind just sharing um, briefly before we start uh, as well, just a little bit about your own personal journey with anger, just a little bit about your motherhood story. Sure. Um, just if, yeah. Yeah, know. absolutely. Well, I, I've noticed that women come to anger one of two ways. <laughs> Either they were raised in an in-home environment where everything was blaming, shaming, angry, aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we grew up and said, I will never I'll never do that, right? right. And you make a vow yeah. to never do that. Or you were raised like I was when in a in a pretty peaceful home environment. Um, it's not that we never got upset, but there there wasn't any aggressive language, uh, aggressive tones, um, and so I had no uh, no idea that I would hit a wall at some point and respond in anger to my kids. Mm. And it happened after I gave birth to my third child and they're two years apart. So, um, after I gave birth to Asher, my 12 year old, I entered into a long prolonged, um, postpartum season. And so you have adrenal fatigue, hormonal imbalance, uh, also sleep deprivation, my husband was traveling a lot and it became the, the perfect storm. And what I often say is it felt like something, you know, like broke in me and out, like almost like it was a, what's that called? A, a, a wall holding, a dam, a dam broke mm. and out flooded all of these overwhelmed, exasperated words and looks and hands as I would grab little hands to, you know, pull them toward the car if they weren't listening. Uh, Nothing that, you know, I would look at a parent and think I need to call child protective services over. Right. But I knew me and I knew this was not Christ in me. And I knew that I knew that I knew that this was not right. Mm. And, um, and I knew it was, I, I didn't want to respond that way. And I would go to bed and I would pray, God, I want the fruit of your spirit in my life. I I wake up every morning and I open your word. And if I wake up and there's someone standing over my bed asking for milk or telling me they just threw up in their bed or whatever it is, and I don't have time to be with you in the morning, as soon as I have time, I'm, I'm with you, God. I'm abiding in you. You're abiding in me. Where's the fruit? I kind of feel like that old... Wendy's hamburger commercial saying, where's the beef? I'm like, where's the fruit, God? Um, Where's the fruit? Because I'm doing what I think your word tells me to do if I want to be loving and patient and kind and gentle. And um, what I realized is I needed to do a couple things. One, I needed to um, commit even more to that abiding presence, not in the morning, but without ceasing throughout the day. I also needed to um, 
I, I like the term in the meantime, as God is transforming us on the inside, we need to start behaving on our outside with what we know is true. What I know is that telling my child, um, stop being such a bully is not the way to respond when he's being a bully because we can't bully the bully out of the bully. So I needed to come up with a better response when I was not having the problem while the fruit wasn't naturally growing in my life with the right responses in those moments. When I wasn't having the problem, I needed to start scripting better responses to problems. So if my response to the child that is throwing fits at nap time or all three of them at the same time having problems at nap time is inconsistent. One time I, I, I yell, the next I spank, and then the next I crawl in bed, and the next I threaten, and the next I, I bribe them with a lollipop after next. I'm being inconsistent. And right. um, so I need yeah. to come up with a plan. And so I started to make plans for my triggers. And my first plan, of course, was to abide with God, who's going to transform me on the inside. And the second plan was to start coming up with better reactions, more gentle responses. As the Lord did a work on my inside, I was going to do a work on the outside of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so fantastic. I think it's really difficult for a lot of moms to get to that place of actually putting a plan Yes. Into place, right? And right. to actually implement what they feel the Lord's speaking to them about because um, because shame and guilt is huge um, yes. for so many moms in this, you know, and we're talking about the moms who really are very much like you in, in, in the short story that you've just shared where they are really upsetted internally by, by what they're observing themselves doing yes. and the way that they're behaving and they yes. but they don't really know how to change the behavior because they feel like they're coping or they just feel like defeated from the moment they wake up in the day right and so how do yes. how can moms get to a place uh, um of being ready i mean i don't want to believe that a woman just has to snap at her kids a certain amount of times and then all of a sudden she wakes up. I mean, how can we catch this earlier? Yes. How can we kind of get out of a rut sooner rather than, because, yeah, if it continues, it really does cause some emotional damage. It can hinder our relationship with Absolutely. our children. So, yeah, what do you think about that? Well, I remember I, I told you that I would go to bed crying, saying, God, yes. but why? And I remember yeah. one night my husband reached over in a very, very non-romantic way in bed. Mm -hmm. And he's like, honey, you know, I'm, I'm ugly crying. And he said, honey, just go to sleep. God's mercies are new for you tomorrow. And mm -hmm. I snapped at him and I said, I know they are, but you know yeah. what I'm going to do with God's new mercies? I'm going to pick them up and I'm going to do the exact same thing tomorrow that I did today. Because every night I go to bed feeling bad and every night I pray and every morning I wake mm -hmm. up and every day I do the same thing I did yesterday. And that right. really was the turning point for me to start doing different things. In in the book Triggers, what we've done, what Amberly and I did was we... We addressed 30 of the, 31 of the most common things that can set us off, whether it's getting out of bed or throwing fits at the dinner table or um, back talk, whining and complaining, sibling rivalry, um, right. disobedience. Anyway, on and on. You, you know exactly what's in your mind about what your trigger is probably. And what we did is we've made the chapters really short 
And we're speaking back to you basically what you already know is true, but we're doing it with the help of scripture and we're providing better examples of how we can respond. And then we followed up this book with another book. And this is really, this is the most applicable part. The follow-up book is called Parenting Scripts. And the subtitle is, when what you're saying isn't working, say something new. So again, when you're not having the problem, like right now, um, maybe you're folding laundry, you're listening to a podcast, your kids are in the other room, they're hanging out with dad because he's home right now, or, or it's nap time, or it's bedtime. When you're done here, what I'd really love you to do, or maybe even jot it down now as we're talking, write down your number one, number two, number three, a couple of your biggest triggers. When your kids do this one thing, you're always surprised that you respond in anger. But really, when it comes down to it, you shouldn't be surprised. Why? Because every day you're doing it or very regularly you're doing it. So let's say it's um, tucking kids into bed. I had the idea, Linnell, that tuck-ins were going to be like magical time because I always had a great experience being tucked in by my mom and I thought it would just be the most precious time where we we read Bible stories and I sing songs and I tickle backs and everybody's just so thankful for the wonderful day that they had, right? And yet (laughs) I have kids that are very um, contrary. So no matter what they had, it wasn't ever enough. Mm. And that would be... A really consistent, even if I made it through the day beautifully, that always felt like such a personal attack on me. Like no matter what mm. I did for them, it was never enough. And I took it personally. And there's a there's a yes. term that says hurt people hurt people. And right. what I found yeah. is if I felt like a victim, then I was going to victimize. If I mm. felt hurt, I was going to hurt back. And that time that was supposed to be so dear... Um, became a battle zone. And so when we weren't having the problem, I just took it to the Lord and I said, God, I know this isn't what you said, that uh, how a parent treats a a child. It's not the way you've parented me. I want a fresh perspective. I want a new script. What am I going to say to my Mm -hmm. kids so that I don't respond wrong when they do wrong? And no doubt they do wrong. And so when I wasn't having the problem, I came up with a new plan. So the very next night I went into Caleb's room and he was probably about eight at the time, my oldest. And I was stood at the doorway and he's already in his big boy bed. And um, I said, okay, Caleb, before I even cross the threshold to your room, I want you to tell me three things that I did today for you that were awesome. I mean, your heart was so full. What are those three things? And he looked Mm -hmm. at me and he thought, he said, you made bacon for breakfast. And I exclaimed, yes, bacon's awesome. I basically crushed it. I'm the best mom ever. Okay. What else did I do for you? He said, well, you took me to the park and we brought Cooper with, I said, right there. That's three things. That's so great. Did you Mm. have a good day? Yeah, I had a good day. So before I even came into the situation where he's always asking for more, you know, I had made a plan to just celebrate how full his heart already should be. And then I said, okay, I'm coming in. What I want to know before I do, what three things can I do for you now that'll just Mm -hmm. be the perfect ending for the day? Um, What would you like? He said, well, would you make up a story and would you sing me my blessing and would you tickle my back? 
And I said, you bet I will. So I crawled into the big boy bed and I tickled his back and I sang his blessing. And then I, I made up a story, as I often did, about Uba Zuba and Duba, the three brothers that would always go on adventures together. And when it was done, I said, Caleb, you should have such a full heart. You had a great day. You had a great tuck in. And now I want you to know that you're not going to call out and you're not going to come out because your heart's so full. Are you ready for that? And he said, I'm ready for that. And I left. And it was like the first time where it was like magic. And it's not mm. to say that we didn't ever have problems, but it was a it was a, a turning point, not just for bedtime, but in my own thought life that I had the power to make a different plan. And that's what parenting yes. scripts is. And that's what triggers is. There's a There's a quote in triggers that says, Figure out what you mean to say before you say something mean. And we can do that, but we have to pinpoint the yes. mean things and what those triggers are first. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all so good. Yes, I, I have learned that too in motherhood, just how important it is for us to take a step back and to consider that our natural tendencies and our first responses and... Um, you know, even what we consider to be maybe educated responses or whatever, often mm-hmm. aren't the most right. effective or the most helpful. <laughs> and we really do have to always be reassessing how we're communicating with our kids and how we're responding to difficult situations. And, you know, I mean, what's that phrase about um, the definition of insanity, they say, right? is doing the same yeah. thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think that that's the pattern we get into with a lot of these things where it's the same struggle every day, you know, like I think about things like getting everyone out of the house on time and into the car. Um, it, it, I don't think that it's wise for us to think that we don't have to do work mentally to prepare to, to make changes happen. We do. We have to step back and say, okay, this isn't working. And doesn't it take humility? to Mm. say, I don't have it all together. I need to make some changes. I think that's one of our biggest struggles as humans, isn't it? You know, I think that acknowledging um, the anger um, is is really important, um, but it is hard. And then we know that then the next step is really to go to our Father in Heaven with that. Um, But it's that is also a really hard thing to do. Do you want to talk a little bit about why that is so hard for us? Yeah, there's a scripture that I just love. Oh, goodness, there are so many, so many scriptures that I love. But specifically about this, um, Psalm 4, let's see, I think that verse 4, I mean, there's so much in this psalm, but Psalm 4, verse 4, it says, Be angry and do not sin. And so often we stop reading that verse when we're quoting it we'll stop right there but it goes on to say ponder in your hearts on your beds and be silent Mm. ponder in your hearts on your beds and be silent and when our kids have an angry fit you know one grabs something else the other one slaps them back and there's i mean obviously the kids need to be separated and put in their rooms and we we can call it time out we can call it whatever we want we can say listen This is one of the things we do with timeouts. We say, obviously, you need some time away from each other because you're not being kind. I would never, ever let someone treat you the way you just treated your sister. 
And so everyone go to your rooms right now. Um, and you can read a book. You can play with a puzzle. You, you just need to calm down. And when we come back, we'll try this again. So that's oftentimes yeah. what I do when my kids are having an angry fit. But when we have an angry fit, what do we need to do? We sort of need the same thing. We need to be able to pull away. And of course, this is hard if you have a baby and a toddler and a, yes. a big kid needing help with their schoolwork right now. But when you can, be angry and do not sin. Okay, semicolon. Right. How do we do that? Ponder yeah. in your own hearts on your bed and be silent. And that pondering in your own hearts doesn't just mean I'm going to think about it. Hmm, I'm going to think about how bad I am. I'm going to think how wrong that was. It, the fact that it says say law after it means stop and add an amen. Okay, we're talking to the Lord about it then. So ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Why would we be silent? So that the Holy Spirit can address this with us. And the the word of God can can come out of those those hidden chambers of our hearts and minds, so that we don't continue to sin. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really big one for me is when I know that I've been doing wrong, acknowledging it is a great step. You know, figure out what you mean to say before yeah. you say something mean. That's great. Let's do that. Let's even do it with an accountability partner. Call your girlfriend after this episode or shoot her a text at, with a link to this episode and say, listen to this. And then let's, let's have a phone date tomorrow. And I want us each to write down what our top three triggers are. And then I just want to brainstorm with you. I want to ponder with you how we can be silent or do a better response in those times. But in this scripture, be angry and do not sin, ponder in your hearts, on your beds and be silent. I really think is about coming to the Lord and saying, God, you know, you know, you know how I'm struggling. You know how, how applicable your word is. You know how helpful your Holy Spirit is. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Psalm 139, try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any hurtful way in me. And then lead me in the everlasting way and come to him and ask him for specifics. Yes. And I really believe that God um, has a very tender heart towards mothers because he knows how many moments in our days are going to be challenged in this way. There are so many moments in every day where we could respond in anger to our children's behavior, Mm -hmm. um, to their disobedience, uh, you know, just just loud noise in general. If we're having a hard day or we face, um, you know, things like chronic pain or other kinds Mm -hmm. of uh, issues outside of anything to do with our children. You know, there are so many opportunities to fail in this area. And so... You know, where does, where does our um, focus need to be in the morning? Where does it need to be when we wake up to help us, to, to keep us grounded in the truth of God's word? Um, mm-hmm. What are a few little things that we can kind of wake up with in the morning to maybe yeah, I just exactly. Yeah, that's I guess a great question. Just, like, stay grounded because I think yeah. it's that's where it starts, right? Because we don't wake up and we lay in bed for an hour just thinking happy thoughts. Like we have kids jumping on us. We have right yeah. there's this is the reality of a mother's day. So how can a mom start off yeah. that day in a good place? 
Absolutely. I, I love that you talk about how, how tender the Lord is toward us. It reminded me of Isaiah 40, verse 11, that tells us that he gently leads those that have young. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that that image. I remember when I was in Israel a couple years ago, seeing shepherds in the fields. And there was one shepherd who was walking along a road. And I remember our um, our our uh, tour guide had said, once a road, always a road. A road is a road is a road. Mm-hmm. Which what he would say that to say, when you're reading the scriptures, when you're reading these stories, it took place right here if they were on a road. Because you don't have a new civilization come in and they decide to make a different road. They would make a different road, but it's upon the same road. So if we right. were on a road somewhere, he'd be like, this is the road where it happened. It might be fresh concrete. It might be fresh asphalt. Um, but that he gently leads those that have young. And that, that shepherd was walking on this narrow little road on the hillside. And the sheep were following him in single file line. I'd never seen anything mm. like it. I didn't know. And um, wow. so this, this verse, he gently leads those that have young. And so you're asking me, how do we start our days? Well, I think mm. a lot of us start our days right. When we can, we give them our first fruits. Now, sometimes your first fruits are going to get hijacked, right? Because we have young children. So that means (laughs) that that moment that got hijacked, those weren't your first fruits. Your first Mm -hmm. fruits are those moments where you can come to the Lord. So as soon as you can, you go to the Lord. The problem is once we put our Bible down and, and stand up, we forget that he's gently leading us. And we think all of a sudden, now it's up to us. And um, I think that a lot of, there are some some big um, common themes for most people, but one of those is feeling out of control. I act most out of control, and aren't we out of control? I mean, we don't have control, but I act most out of control when I feel the least amount of control. So that can be my children do not stinking listen to me when I ask them to come to the table. I don't feel any control. I have asked them and asked them. I've done all the good parenting. I've done all the good reasons why I've, we've got right. a sticker chart. You know, I, I don't feel like I have any control to get them to do what I want to do. And so because I don't feel like I have control, I am going to act out of control and I will start yelling to get them to do and shaming them and blaming them and putting them down and threatening or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think oftentimes what happens is we forget that we're being gently led. To go back to that Isaiah 40 verse 11 verse, we're being gently led by him. He gently leads those that have young. If we are being gently led, we should gently lead. And I think that that's, that means staying there, staying behind the shepherd all day long. Right. Right. So you're giving a really good example of a scenario that happens to so many of us uh, with children leaving the table and and not respecting dinner rules. And, you know, we see this even with our older children, right? We have an eight and Mm -hmm. 10 year old. Those are our two oldest children. And, um, you know, often they're the ones that do this the most. And so, you know, I think that a lot of us find ourselves in a moment like this that you're describing where we we, we lash out or we finally just kind of hit our the end of our rope and we 
we yell, okay, everybody needs to sit down or whatever comes out of your mouth. And, you know, we will say all kinds of things and sometimes we'll guilt them. And sometimes it is just one flat, angry yell to get everyone's attention. In a moment like that, how do we stop ourselves before this comes out of our mouths because I'm trying to get really practical here because the truth is it is really difficult sometimes when you feel like you have no choice but to yell to get the attention of your kids so what do we do what do we do instead that's great but that's why I wasn't planning on bringing up parenting scripts that that book that follows triggers because really just pinpointing the triggers is a really really powerful tool turning to the Lord, letting him transform you on the inside, making some better choices. But parenting scripts is so practical because if you are able to pinpoint those three things, remember after this episode, you are going to link this podcast to one, two, three of your best girlfriends who are in the same season Mm. you are. And you're going to say, listen to this tomorrow. We're getting on a call together. We're going to text each other what our three main triggers are. And we're going to start coming up with plans. So mm-hmm. I didn't, in that moment of tucking in my child, come in, up with that idea. I had planned it. And so when we, when we know that this is the wrong thing of breaking down at the dinner table, then we need to come up with a better plan. So I've learned, uh, not just from my own experience, but because I have women talk to me about their experiences every day. Yeah. Um, so many women have said, my children only obey when I yell. And... I say back to them, okay, that's good to know. You trained them to do that. We've trained our children to finally respond when we yell. They did not have to respond before that. What's the first thing you're going to do? Again, let's make a plan. It comes back to making right. a plan. So you want some practical help. Here's my, here's my script. The first thing I did with my kids when I recognized that they only come when I yell was we had a come to Jesus meeting when we weren't having the problem. Remember, when you're not having the problems, when you deal with a problem. Don't parent yeah, in the yeah. problem is one of my little things that I say to myself. It doesn't yeah. mean we're going to let them get away with everything. It might just be a, everybody to your rooms. Let's not have the problem right now, and then we can talk about it. Um, yes. And that can be for two-year-olds, and it can be for, for 16-year-olds. Um, yeah. And then when we get back together, say, I want to start by apologizing. I have taught you that you only need to obey me when I cry or scream or threaten you. Mm. And that's wrong. You need to obey me because I'm a good mom and you're a good child. And our goal is to honor each other and to get better and better together with God's help. Mm. So this is what our plan is from now on. And everyone's plan can be different. And one of the things I often say to moms is, if what you're doing is wrong, come up with a plan. I don't even care if your plan is stupid. I don't care if the plan doesn't work. Just don't do the same wrong plan that you have been doing. So if you do the next, it's, let's say, okay, I'm going to give you a 10-minute warning and a five-minute warning and a two-minute warning. And you come after a couple days going, that's not working. And all I'm doing is nagging beforehand rather than nagging after. Then maybe you say, hey, guys, that has helped us a little bit. But from now on, I'm going to give you one warning. And, or, or you're going to say, instead of giving a warning from now on, when it's five minutes before dinner, I'm going to call everybody in and you're going to set the table 
and wash your hands. Well, wash your hands first, and then set the table and get yeah. water glasses. <laughs> and um, that's going to stop us from getting you to come to the table because you're going to be part of preparing the table. So you see, right now I, I call it spitballing. We're just spitballing. We're just we're just saying, hey, what might work? And that's why you're sending this podcast to a friend. And that's why you're going to get on the phone together tomorrow. And you're going to say, okay, that's not working. Leaving the park never works. It never works. What are we going to do? Okay. How about we come up with, um, first we're going to talk to our kids about it, about it, what the expectations are. And then we're going to come up with some fun way to get in the car together. Okay. We're going to play DJ. Everyone's going to get in the car and whoever was the first one buckled in gets to be the first person being the DJ and I'll pass my phone around and you get to choose a song and we'll play those songs all the way home. So it's in a way we're still convincing them to do it. And I'd like Mm -hmm. them just to do it because they were asked, but if they're still in the training stages, I think so often we get angry because we forget it says train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. That's not just their faith life. That's life life. And so instead, we berate them for not going the right way. We berate them for not coming to the table. And instead, we we should stop and say, okay, apparently, I'm not done training. So let's come up with some creative training ideas. And let's deal with the problem rather than shame them and blame them for doing it wrong. Yes. Yes. You know, I've seen the fruit of the, this concept you're talking about of planning ahead um, co- come to, you know, um, to be a, such an incredible thing. We've seen the fruit of it in our own lives um, just because we actually started it very early on. And I, I have to say that was something that was some wisdom from the Lord, because I don't remember ever reading in a book about being a step ahead of your kids. But that was mm-hmm. something that I remember telling my husband about right from the get go when we had our first baby um, that we always kind of have to be we have to I think choose to put the time and the effort into anticipating certain things that'll be a struggle Um, and again right from newborn right from those early first weeks um, and just to make sure that we're not just letting the child run things, right? That we're making the effort to kind of get ahead, to prepare and to make a plan. And um, and it has been so helpful. And I think that that is so valuable. And I want to um, also encourage moms to, to get on top of this a little bit more by doing this accountability thing because Wendy as you're talking I'm thinking about my own self and as hard as it is to admit it my pride as a mother up until very recently within the last couple of years there's been a major shift for me but previous to that I would have not been able to say to another mom I've struggled with Mm. anger because I wanted to appear like I had it all together. That was very much a big struggle and a big part of my life of being a perfectionistic personality. And, Mm. um, and so I know how hard acknowledging those flaws, those struggles, those challenges personally have been for me. Um, and, and I, I want to encourage moms also to not be afraid to lay it down, to lay down your pride and to humbly acknowledge what your struggles are because you're going to, you're not going to do anything but good for your family 
by acknowledging it and then letting other people come into that picture with you um, to be accountable. So I think that's such an excellent idea. Do you have any other thoughts for women um, in how to structure this time together? Yes. Goodness. Thanks so much for sharing that, Linnell. And I will tell you that if you, if you, um, I don't know, go to, go to Amazon and you find the book triggers and you, you know, copy the link or something to your Facebook page and you left a post. I'm just saying, if you felt bold enough to leave a post saying, I'm going to grab the book and the study guide and go through triggers. The subtitle is exchanging Mm. parents, angry reactions for gentle biblical responses. I, I, this is almost just a test. If you did that, you will be shocked how many of your friends say, I'll get it. I'll do it too. Thank you so much. I mean, if you just, just the title and the subtitle, you don't even have to confess it's a problem. I'm going to get this book and the study guide, and I'm going to go through this. Who's with me? Mm. These chapters are really short. They're the length of like a short blog post. And if you're listening to this podcast, my guess is you and I share the same values and this same desire, the same heart. And so each Mm -hmm. chapter is going to sound like a friend just getting creative with you, reminding you what it is you already believe, what God's word has to say about it, and then encouraging you to get creative to come up with better responses that are gentler and more biblical. There's just one more scripture I want to share. Um, For some reason, I'm not remembering the, the... the address, as we call it, with our kids, with the <laughs> references, but it's um, the kindness of the Lord leads us to re- repentance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if the kindness of the Lord has led me to repentance, and I know that he has, all of my life it has only been the kind invitation of the Lord to know forgiveness and transformation with the help of his Holy Spirit and the guidance of his word. If that's true, then is it possible that the kindness of a mother is the tool that God would use to lead the children to repentance? Our kids are doing wrong, ladies. They are. Mm -hmm. They're kids. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to. But we have a choice. Either we can join them in the wrongdoing. They're immature. We can become immature. And they cry. We cry. They whine and complain. We whine and complain about their whining and complaining, thinking that if we whine and complain, they're going to stop whining and complaining. And they Mm -hmm. don't. So what if instead we say, I'm going to keep doing what the Lord has told me to do as their parent. I'm going to gently follow him and I'm going to gently invite them to follow me and we're going to all grow up together or I'm going to be unkind and not only am I not going to be led to repentance most likely because my heart will be hard but they won't be either I, I, I'm a guessing that you've seen your kids throwing a fit and you've come into that situation and your heart's pounding and your face is red your nostrils are flaring spittles flying eyes are bulging and do you know in that moment You have lost the teachable moment. You have thwarted every opportunity to lead them to repentance because you've made it about your wrong behavior. The focus isn't on their wrong behavior anymore. So yes, you've joined them in it. Yes, absolutely. You took the the focus off of them. They don't know what they've done wrong anymore. All they know is that mom looks like a crazy woman and they're scared and they're sad. And so let's not go there. Instead, let's go to the Lord. Let's invite our friends to do it with us. And let's say, okay, God, we're ready. 
You do a work on our inside. And in the meantime, we're going to come up with some plans on the outside. Led by your spirit, in, in, in the guidance of your word, I think this is a better way to respond. If it's still mm-hmm. not the right way, that's okay. But keep speaking to me, Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good and so helpful. Thank you. I think that we often believe that if we don't say something, we're condoning the behavior. Yes. And I think that's a really, my sister-in-law and I were talking about that a while back. And um, she had kind of acknowledged that specifically. And I said, yes, yes, it's so true. We were we were talking about a different subject in our culture. But it, it's the same for any subject. And, you know, I think that we feel like as parents, if we see a wrong behavior that we need to, if we turn a blind eye to it intentionally, our child's going to think that we're okay with what they're doing. But there is a time and a place for addressing it. And it, I think there's more power yes. in waiting and showing your child that you have intentionally remembered. Mm-hmm. And we don't always remember, but that you have taken the time to put your emotions aside first and then go. Right. And and, this can be two minutes or it can be two days, depending on how old they are and what the problem is and what's appropriate. But just like I said earlier, don't parent in the problem. If you don't parent in the problem, you're still mothering every moment. You're still Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. it. And um, this can be taking an angry hand, you know, that's been swatting at things or people or you and walking them into their room. And if they're not going to listen to you and stay in the room on their own and it's going to be a fight, then you wrap up their arms in your arms in a bear hug and you sit there. And if they want to throw a fit, you're in control, you're calm and you're quiet. And when they are done, you just can walk out of the room with them and, and say, let's do a puzzle now. And now did you, was that permissive parenting? Are you saying you absolutely can hit me? No, but we'll talk about that when things aren't, when your emotions aren't so heightened. And when the kids get older, you know, the amygdala in the brain, the reasoning part of the brain actually shuts down. And it's, this happens during fight or flight. Uh, So when their adrenals are pumping and they're, they're thinking that you're going to get angry and they're already angry, they're not able to reason. That's not the time to do it anyway. And the same is true for us. Yes. So, oh goodness, yep. this conversation, Linnell, should go on and on and on. And so my hope yes. is that it will, that you will continue mm-hmm. this conversation with a girlfriend as you work through triggers together or with your spouse. There's a chapter in Parenting Scripts called Parenting on the Same Page. And so your your partner in this might be your husband going through this together. Yeah. 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 And we definitely, that's like you say, there's so much to this conversation and, and the parenting aspect is so huge and how you do this together because not many parents are the same in how they deal with their own anger and the anger of their, or the issues with their kids. So yes, absolutely. So important. We'll definitely link to all of these incredible resources. Um, and I just love everything you've shared today, Wendy. Thank you so much for joining me. I, um, I've just loved getting to connect with you. Me too. Thank you very much. Can I ask you one fun question before we say goodbye? Okay, sure. If you had four hours all to yourself and someone had already cleaned your house for you, how would you spend that time? 
Uh, oh, good question. I love being in a clean house on a beautiful day with the windows open. It is like oh, my, yes. and, and, and an empty clean house. I have to say that is like <laughs> my favorite thing ever. I feel bad about it. Like if my kids were to hear me say that, but I love it so much. It, it almost feels like it's healing. You know, yes. when you do a workout yes. at the gym, you actually tear your muscles. And so you're supposed to take a break from that muscle group so that the muscles can heal and they heal stronger. I think that parenting is a workout and it's in a way mm. it tears at us. And then we need the rest so that we can heal. And when we do heal, it's like Jesus reminding the disciples, come away with me. Let's heal. <laughs> and we'll actually build stronger muscles. So being in the word, having some good music on, um, gardening, all that. But right now, if you gave me four quiet hours in a clean house, I need to finish up the edits on the social media fast. <laughs> so that's just, that's real. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, and productivity can be very, like when you have uninterrupted time to get things done, yes. that is also huge. Really huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks again, Wendy, yeah. so much. I just know that this episode is going to be such a blessing to so many. I can't wait to share it. Well, it was to me. me. Thank you for getting me ready to deal with whoever took a, a knife to my <gasps> desk. Oh, I'll be praying for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Ever since Wendy and I had this conversation, I've been practicing gentler responses. Uh, recognizing my own triggers and preparing myself in advance for those moments. I can't say obviously that I've got it all together, but I'm far from it. But I do feel so encouraged that greater patience and endurance is possible. So are you going to grab a few close friends, not literally of course, and ask them to join you in some anger accountability? Maybe we need a Facebook group and do this together. I don't know. I will have to think about that. Let's head into the new week with greater confidence, friends, as we rely on God's incredible strength to guide us as we mother those dearest to us. These times are strange and they are causing the days to feel sometimes very long. And so I just want to encourage you again that um, you can do this and we can do it because God is so much greater than the problems we face. Believe it and just live that out to the best of your ability every day. Friends, if you want to connect with me, come over and find me at Knowing Motherhood Podcast on Instagram. You can also find uh, Knowing Motherhood on Facebook at Knowing Motherhood. Also, press that subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes. And I can't wait to see you here again next week. Thanks for listening in.